Hey everyone, this is Kyle here. Just wanted to give a quick note at the beginning of this episode. We brought in a friend, Eric Patterson, who's a clinical social worker, and he had a lot of really great things to say about the mental health struggles that so many people are dealing with um, all the time, but especially during this incredibly long and damaging pandemic that's been raging for months and months now. Everyone's facing a slew of new and different challenges, and we're all just figuring out how to live for the time being. And, you know, people with underlying conditions, physical, mental, financial, are obviously the people who are the most vulnerable right now. So we figured it would be a good idea to bring Eric on, talk to us about what he's seeing in the field, the work that he's doing, and things that we can all be doing to take better care of ourselves, and take better care of each other. And I really hope you enjoy the interview. Yeah, so we are joined here by Eric Patterson, who is a licensed clinical social worker. Do I have that right, Eric? Yeah, that's correct. Eric, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, other than that you uh, use Twitter, because that's all I know about you at this point, other than your, your title. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's, Twitter's one of my outlets. I like to, uh, <laughs> I like to dabble in there. So um, anyway, so yeah, my name's Eric Patterson. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I've been in the field the last five years. And uh, prior to that, um, I worked with like Child and Family Services. Um, ended up doing graduate school at Arizona state cause you know, working at, at DCFS, it was, it was really, really hard work. And I kind of yeah. wanted to be more part of the right. solution for people rather than <laughs> initiating a process. And, uh, so that, that led me to graduate school. Um, and I, uh, I ended up focusing on working with, uh, youth, children and families and, uh, which that's what I do to this day. I, I focus on working with teens primarily. Um, but I do a lot of work with our families and, uh, actually I run a group. It's kind of a, it's a social skills group, but it's also heavily based on behavioral things and, and trying to work out some of those. And, uh, I never would have thought in my life that, that I would end up, uh, falling into, uh, like high functioning autism, but I did. And so, um, I, I work with a lot of clientele that, uh, uh, anyways, they're, they're on the autism spectrum Yeah, and, mm -hmm. uh, just, just, it's been something that I've, I've actually quite enjoyed. Um, and primarily when I'm doing therapy and stuff, I'm, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist. So I'm trying to work on, you know, the, the thinking and the connection between that, how we feel and our behavior and, uh, working on that to try and change some of those things. So love what I do. I really do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, um, that's really good work. And I mean, uh, and I could only hope to be able to do meaningful work like that in my own life, quite honestly. But like, what has your year looked like so far with, I mean, has thing have things been much different for you? I mean, obviously you're used to being in kind of the thick of it for people's problems, but I'm wondering like how this year has impacted the work that you've been doing. Um, I mean, the, for me, um, honestly, there's a lot that's remained the same. Yeah. Like, uh, because the, the population that I work with, especially, you know, most of the, most of the clients I have, they considered a uh, level four care. 
And so some of them are almost on the cusp of like going into you know, residential treatment and that kind of stuff. Um, also, when you're working with a lot of uh, uh, social issues and trying to help, you know, build social skills or, you know, the, the behavioral things, there's a lot of that that you just can't replicate it by doing it over Zoom or, you know, those kind of things. So I still see a lot of people in office and we take precautions and whatnot. So yeah. I, I tell you, one of the most obnoxious things is having to wear a mask the whole time that you're talking to somebody. And when your job is to actually talk back and forth and do those, yeah. those kind of things. I'm not anti-mask or anything, but right. just for the people who are complaining about having to wear it in a grocery store for 30 minutes, uh, yeah, you're not yeah. having to do face-to-face sessions talking with someone. Yeah. <laughs> right. like tough, su- tough stuff, right? Suck yeah. it up. You know, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> it definitely presents its own like unique set of circumstances, problems. I'm sure. Yeah. That's gotta be difficult when you're trying to have a conversation with someone, but we're very grateful that you're taking the proper precautions. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, and too, when you're working on social skills too, is sometimes you know you like uh, facial expressions and the non the nonverbals. It, it's hard to to do those things even even when you're face to face wearing a mask. You know, yeah. so you know there's there's some of those things that come into play. But um, the the clients that I can, we we meet over Zoom, and Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't man. even do it as much as other people. So mm-hmm. I have no room plain but it's still it's hard i i'm a very social person i love being with people face to face like even this right now i think it'd be cool if we could all be together you know and probably <laughs> present a different dynamic but buddy we started know, this podcast about six months ago and wow. we've never recorded in the same room as each other yeah like it's yeah. it's a goal it's gonna happen like one day but yeah as of right now that's that's not that's not a possibility. I have all the microphones and, now, and everything. Man, it's a tragedy, nice right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, for a while there, we I mean, when the weather was nice, we were meeting on Greg's front lawn and just hanging out on Friday evenings at this exact time. Mm-hmm. Um and having a good time. But uh those days those days feel very long gone at this point. Um yeah, it's 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 wild. So, I mean, like with the people that you're working with right now, um, you know, what are the biggest concerns that they have at the moment? And like, what are the most pressing problems that they're dealing with? And how are you responding to those? Yeah, well, so, sometimes, you know, you feel like you're just really trying to do the best that you can. Yeah. You know, um, the, the, how people present with the different challenges that come with COVID, you know, are, are so very different from person to person. You know, but there are there are definitely common threads. Um, specifically, like working with with uh, teens, you know, there's a lot of them that you know school has been disrupted. You know, uh, they're they're not around their their uh, social groups, and uh, you know, like I, I, you know, even some of the kids that I'm working with uh, recently, there were still some uh, like uh, doing some sports or things like that, yeah. and some of those right. have been shut down. And and you know, like some of this is some of their their biggest means of coping or, or managing the stressors of life, just even the day-to-day stuff, not even considering COVID or whatever yeah. else. And and some of that's being stripped away. And then, you know, people are grasping at straws to know what to do or, you know, where they can go from here to, to uh, you know, just, just find something that's worthwhile for them to do and, and to provide distraction or to, you know, to kind of keep them busy. So they're yeah. not sitting there just thinking about all the things that they don't have or that they can't do. And, uh, you know, so, so that's hard, but, uh, yeah, I mean like a lot of these, like, I mean, high school kids especially are, are losing like a 
very um, impactful year of their adolescence uh, socially. And yeah, the implications of that for especially the people who are in less stable situations Mm -hmm. are um pretty big <laughs> like yeah, yeah i yeah. i mean it's it's easy to be i like i mean there's one thing about oh yeah you can't have like house parties or any or any of that anymore but like thinking about like if you had like a decent high school experience like an entire year of that kind of being erased but i mean it's it's really tough for a lot of people obviously yeah try being a senior in high school going through this you know yeah and, and you don't get to have prom no homecoming yeah. You know, your, your graduation, you're, you know, sitting out on your, your front doorstep and waving the cars as they go by. And, you know, the yeah. sediment of that, it's cool. And, and I think there has been some pretty incredible things. Oh, Eric, I think we lost you. Oh, no. It's okay. We'll get back into it. <clears throat> You'll be back. Shoot. Eric. You know, they know that that's a lot to ask. <laughs> Eric, sorry. Uh, we lost you for a sec. You, you, you froze up. Oh, I apologize. No, you're fine. No, um, I, I don't know where it left off there. My bad. <laughs> talking about, yeah, we were talking about, um, I mean, some of the, like the impressive, uh, audibles essentially that like society has pulled to be able to provide a lot of these, um, normal parts of, you know, pre-existing society to, to, you know, uh, kids, teens or whatever, who are, we, we still want to be able to give them, you know, the experiences that we all had, uh, had growing up. So there has been a lot of, as you were saying, like positive things that have, um, that have happened. Um, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, it can make some things easier, but like overall, I mean, we're all still dealing with the same, uh, lengthy crisis that continues to hang over everyone. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as far as like the impacts of the, the, the virus itself, but like, like on people, but like, what are some of the implications that you've been seeing or just kind of in general, not necessarily with people that you've worked with, but like at society at large, um, the mental health implications? Well, that's another thing that really varies because in some cases you have people that are, you know, they're not necessarily following guidelines and they might continue to do things just as normal. Right. And I, granted there's still changes and stuff, but you don't see sometimes as much of an impact, you know, when people are not choosing yeah. some of the things that they probably ought to be choosing. Right. right. And then uh, you have those that kind of go way above and beyond, you know, and uh, it, you know, to the point where it, it can be really, sometimes detrimental not only to their to their mental health but even physical health and yeah. things like that. and then you have some that are in between but but by and large you know there's a lot of loss you know and we, we talk about like you know somebody somebody in your family passes away or something like that you know there's grief that's associated with that but there's a lot of there's a lot of loss that's that's come along because of this and people are losing their jobs you know i i just recently uh, uh went to a uh uh, to a seminar where they're talking about uh, just the amount of anxiety and how much more prominent it's been lately um, in, in people with their like depressive symptoms and things like that. The, the fact of the matter is, is the more stress that we have, it doesn't matter what, you know, you, you could have a, you know, ADHD, OCD, you know, schizophrenia, whatever, it doesn't matter. Your symptoms are going to get worse based on how much stress that you're experiencing. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just a fact. 
Um, and then two, then you have some physical tolls that you can take from that. But we're just seeing that collectively people are, you know, getting more and more stressed. Um, they're having a harder time managing things. And uh, a lot of this is just so new. You know, I just yeah. had a, a, a couple of clients I worked with today that went back to school for the first time, but half of their class was still in school, you know, and then, uh, you know, talking to a, a, a young, a young girl on this one and like, she's go walks into the classroom, you're like, doesn't even know what to do. Where do I sit? Where do I go? And all these other kids are kind of integrated. So there's always, there's things that are changing and going back and forth, you know, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just continuously, I, I, I don't have kids. Um, Greg has a kid. He's, he's pretty young. So not really, um, in the type of elementary school situation yet, but like from everyone I've talked to that has to make these, these decisions about like what to do with their children, um, and what they can do, like, depending on, you know, cause it's inevitable at this point that like, you know, students are getting exposed to the virus. And then it's like, there's, different protocols and it's different by district and like sometimes you can just opt in to be fully remote and then yeah it's it's just so incredibly chaotic but yeah like as you were saying like i mean it's this has been incredibly far-reaching for people in all walks of life i mean this is an incredibly stressful situation and there is so much loss right now and whether it's you know people I, I know people who have lost neighbors, um, like you just like peripheral of people who have lost aside from people who have lost their own family members to mm-hmm. the virus and, you know, people losing jobs with, um, you know, not a lot of help coming their way either, which is incredibly unfortunate. I had a friend um, just last week. Wait, what's I, I'm losing track of time. I'm going a little crazy myself, but um, yeah. So I, I had a, I had a friend uh, take his own life at the beginning of last week, and I attended my first Zoom funeral over the weekend, which was an incredibly new experience for me. Um, and I can't really, you know, I, I don't know how families who are losing like, the, you know, people who are losing their immediate family members are really dealing with this type of thing, especially when their loved ones in most situations are passing away uh, in hospitals away from their family. It's just incredibly bleak and tough. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm very sorry to hear that, you know, um, losing someone is hard enough as is. But, you know, the, you, you want to talk about a pandemic, suicide is a pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, uh, you know, a, a number of instances, um, of people, you know, close just, just where, you know, there's either been attempts or, or again, you know, they've, they've died by suicide and, you know, I just, it, that's a, that's a hard yeah. pill to swallow as a mental health professional or, you know, like having a client, I, I'm fortunate enough in my five years, I haven't had anybody complete suicide yeah but, you know, there's definitely been attempts and things like that and it's it's just hard because it's like what else can i do you know and just right now with covid you know we said that that some of the trends and stuff and, and with that added stress and and the difficulty with you know things and the isolation you know i, I hate that they say you know well we need to be socially distant from each other well, we need to be physically distant from each other we need to be yeah. more socially connected than ever that's right and, uh, you know that's, that's a really that's good point problem yeah, that's a way better descriptor of what we should actually be doing because yeah. it feels just the word socially distant is uh, is gives you that kind of isolated feeling. Which there's is such a, yeah, there's such a negative connotation there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point. And I do think people kind of have followed in suit, like, well, I'm just going to duck out kind of from everybody, you know, and, and, uh, that's, that's not the intent. That's not what truly needed to happen. I know. Yeah. And, and losing that friend gave me like some insight into, I, well, I mean, it, a very stark reminder of like, you know, talking and checking up with friends that like you haven't spoken to for a little while. The last time he and I had spoken um, directly was over Twitter. And we, and he, like the last thing he had said to me was like, as soon as this COVID shit is over, like we got, you got to hug me or something. And I was like, dude, of course. And never, I didn't think twice about it. I've hung out with like barely anybody in this entire year. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just like, you know, you, you don't really know what you don't know until, until it can be too late sometimes. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We need to be more socially connected with, with the people that we've, um, you know, that we, that we have in our lives because you really don't know who <laughs> is struggling because people don't often tell you that they're struggling. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would add to that, though, is, you know, I saw a, a gentleman, you know, is um, at a, a very, very small social gathering, but, you know, he's like wearing a mask that's a mesh mask, you know, so yeah. like literally you could see his mouth and everything. And, you know, it's like, it's like if you had lost somebody, you know, it, this is where I have a problem is, is I think, you know, some people really are not, they're, they're so focused on themselves yeah. and, and feeling like, oh, this is so hard or that kind of stuff. And, and yes, it's hard. But they're using that to justify sometimes, you know, like not wearing masks or, or yeah. you know, really putting mm-hmm. up a fight with it. But to see somebody like that, I couldn't even imagine, you know, that that like if you had just lost somebody and then you you walk up on somebody wearing something like that, you know, it's like it's like making a mockery of it. Think, yeah. Think about that, you know, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we've reached that I don't point. Think jump where... up on the soapbox, but yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, yeah. No, we totally understand. Yeah. Like it's it's almost reached that point during this where being cavalier and defiant of like rules when it comes to the pandemic is harder than just adhering to the, to the guidance given. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like we saw, there was some video of, you know, a big group of people going into like a Walmart or something in Taylorsville. Oh, it was Harmon's. It was, a, it was a target. It was, it was Amy Donaldson, the, uh, Reporter the for Desert News. Reporter, yeah. Oh, yeah. former Desert News. I didn't know she didn't work there anymore, but yeah. Reporter. Oh, she's still with her. I just said with Desert News. Sorry. Oh, I thought yeah. you said. So, uh, so a group of people like went together to, you know, just to not wear masks in in a grocery store for like 20 minutes or whatever. Like they had, they felt like they had to like do an event around it <laughs> to like, like that is harder. They had signs they made it an yeah, art project. That is harder to just <laughs> than to just yeah. I know. And just put a piece of cloth on your face. No, it's societally this has raised a lot of uh, questions for us, and we we yeah. You don't need to uh, <laughs> to worry about going on a soapbox for about this. This is it's this is yeah. the platform. And I think at a certain point too, yeah. it's that every aspect of life has been affected in one way or another by this. Uh-huh. Like every little thing. Uh, my fiance is a elementary school teacher and she's still online and the guidance from the school district is you have to teach your kids for six hours on zoom. Mm -hmm. Now, however you're going to keep an elementary school child staring (laughs) at a screen for six hours, I have no idea. It's, it's an impossibility, but at the same point too, that's six hours of parents making sure that kids are having to do that. That's six hours of a teacher creating lessons that can translate from zoom to a child's brain which is 
All I can say is respect, man. Respect. Yes. I don't know. I don't know how teachers are doing. <laughs> She's no. way stronger than me. Oh yeah. All the respect in the world for teachers right now and, and doing this on the fly, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you could say, yes, they had a summer, you know, to, to start trying to work this in and incorporate these new things. But even then there's still stuff that's changing one week to the next, you know, you could have the kids at school or then they could end up being at home and you have to go from the drop of a hat to, to, you know, switching things, or you might have a split class, some that are, you know, online and then some that are in, in person. I, I couldn't even, uh, Oh no. You know, it, what it, I do. It, it was horrible. Cause I was just watching her go through everything. And it's like, how do you do this? Because yeah, that's, that's amazing is what it is. They didn't yeah. know exactly any sort of plan until July at the earliest. And even then too, they uh -huh. didn't give them the software. They didn't give them anything needed until like the week before school. And it's like, all right, I have, Go. Yeah, I have a lot of really close friends. Same, you know, it's the same thing. It's not just in one school district. It was like across the board. Yeah. You know? And like, hey, here you go. Good luck. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Godspeed. There are a lot of parents. I had no idea what Zoom was, you know, really until <laughs> it was like, okay, we're going to start using this to work with clients. And I'm like, okay, you know, how, where, how do I go about this? You know, and uh, yeah. working with youth, it's like, you know, it was, it takes some adjusting. I can't even imagine being a teacher. Yeah, I don't think any of us knew what zoom was in February. Oh man. Like, I wish I didn't. The stock, you know, how much it rose after all this. Yeah, I know geez. everyone's on here. I know. Now I know like 15 different like video teleconferencing systems. Now it's like, well, there's, you got zoom, you got teams, you got WebEx, you got go to meeting, you got, yeah. Google hangouts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we've all been talking. I mean, we, the three of us had, have, I've talked to these guys just as much as I've talked to any of my other friends over the last, um, what is it? It's December. Okay. We're talking eight, nine months, eight, nine, nine months. Damn. Um, time's fake, so, man. Just embrace it. I know December, December 7th <laughs> was my last rec league basketball game. So it'll be, and that was like wow. the week I forgot what the exact day D day for me is like when Rudy Gobert tested positive and that's when everything kind of like officially yep. shut down. <laughs> and yeah. I, I want to say that was like December 11th, uh, March. When, no, that was, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. March, March. That's right. I'm getting, my... I think it was March 11th. No, March. Yeah. 12th. March 11th. That's 11th what it was on December 11th. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been, it's yeah, been it's been nine months. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know, you know, kind of how we've been dealing with this, but like, in your opinion, what do you think, like, you know, the skills that like, people can at home or, or us or whatever, because I'm, I, I need help, <laughs> help too. Yeah, um, yeah. Like what, what skills do you think that like we could hone in or work on ourselves that would help us deal with this type of like, uh, you know, this type of situation we're in and, um, any advice on that type of thing would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think one thing that's, it's really tough is, is people kind of forget just, just how much we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And the, the sense that I get from people is like, well, I should just be working through this. It shouldn't be this big of a deal, you know? And, and there's a lot of, a lot of like self judgment, you know, and, uh, and frustration, like, well, why can't I just, you know, do these things or why can't I just, you know, do this and that. And, um, you know, like we, we also were focusing on COVID, but it wasn't that long ago, man, we were having earthquakes, 
you know, it, I, I bought a brand yeah. new, I bought a brand new, well, it's not a brand new house, but I bought a new house. Right. It, and then we move in and it's like two weeks later, all of a sudden the mountain behind us here in Santa Quinn is on fire and I'm going, yeah, holy crap, is that going to come this way? You know? And, and it's like, you know, I don't know if my kids are going to be in school. There's a time where we're thinking, gosh, we're going to have to homeschool, you know, my, like my, uh, my, both my kids. That's where I'm at right now with my, I've got a three-year-old and there was a, uh, a bit of an outbreak at his daycare. So he pulled him out and we've been juggling that. And my wife and I, uh, just about every morning, um, around the breakfast table, we plan out our day. Okay. When are you, when, when's your meeting? What do you need to get done throughout the day? And we just work in shifts. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, oh, my, my morning is open after 930. So I can take him from 930 to noon. And then if you can put him down for his nap, then we can both work. And then when he gets up at like two, then you're on for a few hours so I can crank. So and it's just, it's been this yeah. kind of like pick and choose, uh, like, day to day basis kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And I know oh, that like, there are a ton of families in this same boat with multiple children i only have the one yeah, yeah. Well, well think of this you know things that just human beings as a whole need right they need consistency and they need predictability and when you have those two things you feel you know you feel safe right we Absolutely. have zero consistency we have zero predictability in fact what some i thought was interesting they were talking about with children and why you know some of them are having such a hard time with covid because think of like when school, okay, so go back to, to, to March when things really started to, to hit the fan. Um, it, it was like, you know, you tell the kids like, oh, well, we, we might take a little break, you know, to kind of, you know, ride the wave of this COVID. And I remember I was working in a school at that time. I was doing school-based services. Um, I've transitioned since then, but, but like, so I'm in the school at this time and we're, we didn't know what the heck was, was going on or how, how it was going to go. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, we're taking the next two weeks off. You know, we get the governor's, you know, order or whatever. And then, you know, kids are like, oh, cool. Two weeks off. You know, this is going to be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no one knows how to do school, you know, online or nothing of that set up. You don't have the, the infrastructure for that. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, then those two weeks go by and then it's like, oh no, we're going to, we're going to, you know, do another week. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're going to shoot for, you know, the end of the school year, like the last month and coming back to school. And then once, once that hits and they're going, well, we're not doing school for the rest of the year, you know? And yeah. so like time after time, it's like, oh, you know, or, oh, you need to, you need to do this or, you know, Hey, COVID is being, you know, contracted through these things. And there's a lot of uncertainty and just time after time, it's like, you know, thing after thing. And these kids just, they don't know what to expect. You know, they have adults telling them, well, yeah, you can be in school in two weeks. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you know, they, they, you know, it's, they're going in well into summer and, you know, absolutely. There's a lot of stuff like like that's really tough. Yeah. So as you mentioned, like, um, that self judgment, I think is something that Mm -hmm. is really important to like, everyone is in different situations, both like in, in, in every way, like physically, uh, financially, family wise. Um, and that like, it's okay to not feel, uh, (laughs) <laughs> you know, like happy about how things are going, um, regardless yeah. of what your situation is. Yeah. People, people think that they shouldn't feel, you know, sad or they shouldn't feel lonely or they shouldn't feel this or shouldn't feel that. And, and you know, like that's just not true. 
You know, yeah. we should be feeling every bit of those type of things because it's, it's part of our human experience right now. And, uh, and so, so also remembering, like, sometimes we really think that we kind of, we're the only ones, like it's an isolated thing, just me that's, that's struggling. And my gosh, no, that is not true. Everybody yeah. is struggling in some right. way, shape or form with what's going on. And, and just that alone, obviously that's not the only thing to do, but I think that that's so important is that we just sit back and actually like kind of take in what all am I dealing with right now? What's all on my plate? What are the things that have changed and have, have become, you know, just difficult for me and, and understanding too, that there's so many other people, you know, the, the, you know, across the globe, we're not even talking just, you know, in our state, we're talking yeah. throughout the country and throughout, mm -hmm. you know, planet earth, people are, you know, having to adjust so many things and people are losing their jobs or in fear of losing their jobs or all this type of stuff. So knowing like, that is hard and it's okay that that's hard and it's all right to, to throw yourself a bone and you know, you, you, you cry a few tears. That's okay. You feel kind of pissed off at the universe. That's okay. You know, and, but, but if we, we try and, you know, just cram those things down or do the, the internalizing stuff or, or we, we get too judgmental about what we're thinking, then we start feeling, you know, guilt and shame and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, that only that only perpetuates more problems. Yeah. You know? So, mm -hmm. so then beyond that is like, you know, we have to we have to really build like a mental resilience right now, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So like what tips do you have to like not, you know, succumb to that like the that depression um or yeah. and 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 tips to help manage that anxiety that we all have? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think sometimes we are looking for something really big to, to make the difference. You yeah. know, like we want kind of like, wow, shock and awe factor or something like, Oh, whoa, this thing's super huge. It, isn't it funny how we'll go to great lengths to do something that we think like, wow, this is, this is like significant. It's huge. It's got to work. That right. crap doesn't work. <laughs> None yeah, of that works the, because then we the don't little consistent yeah. things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The big stuff, it takes too much energy, it takes too much effort. So it's, it's the small things, you know, like, like self-care practices, you know, yeah. day to day, making sure that you are doing things that are going to help you to manage your stress because you know, the additional stressors are going to come like that. You, you know, if you're a parent and you hear, Hey, your kids can't come to school tomorrow because you know, we had a COVID outbreak. You've got to be able to, to adjust and adapt to that stuff. You're going to do that so much better if you're doing those things that are going to help keep your stress levels down and lower. But if you do it just like, you know, here and there and, and you're really not consistent with it, it just doesn't make the difference. But I also hear people saying, well, that doesn't work. And really what it is, is that they're not doing, doing it consistently enough in whatever it is. That's, you know, like people think, oh, well, what's the kind of magic bullet here? It, it depends on the person each and every time. For me, like music does a, a tremendous amount of good for me. I love, I'm a Pink Floyd fan through and through, right? <laughs> My dad called Pink Floyd mood music. And, it, you know, that's probably the best explanation I've ever heard of, of Pink Floyd, you know, is it absolutely is mood music. So if I need something to help me kind of relax or to, to you know, just, just to take a minute to kind of uh, just have a distraction and escape for a little bit, that's something that, that helps me tremendously but that might not help the person sitting next to me, you know, right. it's, yeah. it's so important that we explore and we look for the things that help us in terms of like what, what the science says, you know, things like deep breathing, 
you know, it, and I can't, I just can't even express to you how many, when I mention that to someone and it's just like, Oh, oh. <laughs> it, and I, it's like, what's more simple than focusing on your breath and yeah. doing that just for, you know, you know, e- even if you go through like, I don't know, four or five cycles of it, you know, you, you might be doing it for, for a minute. And, and like, but the reality is if you're having an anxiety attack, you know, what's going to help you most of all is doing some deep breathing, you know? And if you're practicing that, that that's the other thing is if you don't practice, you know, certain skills, when you get to the moment where you really need it, if you haven't practiced it, you're not going to be successful in using it. Yeah. It's got to be something that you practice and put the time into ahead of time. And then you get better and better, you know? I'll, uh, yeah. Oh, I'll oh. open up a little bit. Right here because mm-hmm. I think it's it's topical I was diagnosed with depression at 15 I've been dealing mm-hmm. with it for 20 years um I've taken Celexa and some other drugs on it um been in and out of therapy which I really cannot advocate enough for it um I mm-hmm. recently got back into therapy <clears throat> I've worked with my wife on it as well for our relationship and it's paid incredible dividends um and as you know, probably as a mental mental health advocate, mental health uh, worker, is it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. And I, when I get hit, I get hit bad, and it's crippling. And there's it doesn't feel like really anything I can do to shake it. Uh, but one of the coping mechanisms that I've just personally works for me is just getting outside. Mm-hmm. And this Absolutely. was this was something just last week where it was, I was having one of those really bad depressive episodes and I just couldn't shake it. And I was like, uh, Lynn's my wife. Um, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I'm just going to take Noah and we're going to go. And like, it was, it was just going to the park and taking a walk and going and hanging out with him on the playground was enough to like, it was enough of, of a break from my routine of that day to at least shake off some of that depression to the point where I was at least like functional. I wasn't going to say I was happy, but mm-hmm. functional and was able to like continue on with my day. Yeah. Yeah. There's some times where, you know, it's the, the best that you can do is kind of ride out the wave for that day, you know, and, and, uh, and that's hard, but, but knowing too, that, uh, you know, at some point, you know, that that's the thing with emotions. Like sometimes they can come really strong. I like to liken it to like a wave, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes it can be like a tsunami, right? And before that water is going to recede, it's going to take a while, you know, but the idea with, with the coping, that's the stuff that you do in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are helping you right there in the moment when, when something's happening. I'm telling you being outside or, or doing the best that you can to be out in nature, like out on a trail, I mean, there's, there's so much evidence that that helps reduce anxiety, that that helps reduce uh, depressive symptoms. It's, it's not even funny, but the two, we, like I call it the concrete jungle, you know, we get, we get stuck in the concrete jungle <laughs> and we don't get out there to go do those things or, or we put it, uh, you know, it's not a priority to do things for ourselves. Everything else, everyone else is more important. And, and I know there's some people that do a good job of that, but they've had to learn at some point, it seems, mm-hmm. that I have to take care of myself. Otherwise, I can't take care of the things that I need to take care of. Yeah, that's a that's a theory that 
I learned a long time ago um, from actually from an ex-girlfriend who told me and it's the airplane theory mm-hmm. where, you know, as you're going through the, the pre-flight instructions, they talk about if there's a change in cabin pressure, mm-hmm. the masks will fall down and they tell you to put that mask on yourself before you help anyone else. And I think that's really applicable throughout uh, a lot of different walks of life in that, like, if you're not right, you can't help other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like the lifeguard analogy for that, you know, cause a lifeguard, if they're trying to save you and you start trying to pull them down, I mean, they'll crack you upside your head, you know, like that's how, that's how important it is that I need to be okay. Otherwise both of us are going to get hurt, you know, or otherwise, you know, bad things are going to happen to both of us. And uh, you know, but, but that one I like a little bit better because uh, not the other one's not effective, but it shows like sometimes you really have to work at it. You know, you really have to put that just, just front and center and remember that, that your own well being needs to be the most important thing, even over as a parent, your kids, if you take care of yourself, you'll be able to take care of your kids. If you take care as a mental health professional, if I do a better job of taking care of myself, I do a better job of being able to help my, my clients, you know, um, but, but this was like the hardest question because, you know, I got the outline. I was looking at it. And it's like there's so many different things, you know, but, but one of the ones that stood out to me most of all is really trying to focus on doing one thing at a time, you know, yeah. so it's kind of a, yeah. a mindfulness practice. But, but with all the things going on, if, if we think about all the stuff that's going down right now, all at once, we'll go crazy. You know, we will we will not be able to handle that. And I see people that try and do that or they're like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it's like, you know what, focus on one thing, do that thing good, and then move on to the next thing and do the same thing. You know, one thing, do it good. And, and if we do that kind of step-by-step, day-by-day, you know, I really think that's something that helps us to be more resilient. It, no one can handle taking on all the things at once, period. It's just, it's not good for you. It's not good for your mental health. And, uh, you know, so that's important. But when you, when you do things uh, like grounding techniques or those kind of things that bring you into the present moment. I, this, my favorite analogy is like, imagine like anxiety is like you're driving a car. Okay. But you're looking as far off, you know, down the road as you possibly can while you're driving. So, you know, you're not looking at what's in front of you or whatever else. So you're destined to like smack into something that's right there in front of you because you're just looking so far off into the distance. And then depression is almost like driving, just looking through the rearview mirror. You know, a lot of times it's the the past things, you know, and these things that just stick with you. It, you know, who's going to not get in a wreck looking through the rearview mirror? And, and when we do something that, that grounds us and brings us into the present moment, helps us to focus on that, that, that one moment in time, those, it pulls us out of either one of those situations and it puts us in the driver's seat so that we can, you know, not, not get knocked over by the stuff that's, that's right in front of us. And, uh, and so like, to me, that is just, just absolutely essential, you know? So, so in in whatever, whatever you do, if you're going to take some time to do some self-care, you know, I I say schedule it, have it, have it just as something that you do not deviate from that. You're like, this is my self-care stuff like exercise or, or, you know, if you like creative expression art, any of that stuff, uh, writing in a journal, just make that time and make it the most important part of your day. And then the other stuff, allow it to kind of fill in, you know, fill in, in in other spaces, but do not change the fact that you do, you know, your journal writing at this time 
or you do your exercise routine at this time, just make it a, a habit that you will not deviate away from. And, and that, that helps tremendously. Yeah, I've got a I've got a question because I think this yeah. actually kind of dovetails really well. You've talked about how you know humans need routine and they need mm-hmm. that predictability, but uh, one of the things that I've really struggled with is kind of the mundaneness of yeah. the COVID day to day. Like, there's a real kind of like Groundhog's Day effect to all of this of like waking up and doing the same thing over and over and over again because you're yeah. you're forced to. You know, each day kind of blends into the next. And what advice do you have to kind of break out of these doldrums and kind of shake off that, that struggling with the mundaneness? Yeah. Well, one thing I think we have to do is get comfortable with the fact that things aren't going to be the same. You know, uh, a struggle I see with a lot of people is they look at uh, like their social interactions and they're like, well, it has to happen over Zoom or, you know, just over the phone or, you know, and, and it's not the same as, as meeting in person, you know, Um <laughs> like that is absolutely true but at the same time some of those things are better than than not doing anything at all you know and so i i wrote down it's it's something uh, approximation right so so it's the idea of like you know having something that's similar but maybe not the same as to what maybe you're accustomed to or, or whatever but but approximation is okay you know if you can get close to the real thing then you try and do that as much as you can you know and, and just know like, yeah, it's not, it's not what I really truly would like to be doing, but you know what, again, this is still good for me. This is still, this is still a helpful thing. Um, but then, uh, but then too is, is, uh, I, there's this video of this guy. All right. So he's, he's goes out and he's looking out his window and there's some young lady, it looks like she's doing a TikTok video or something, you know, and she's like dancing on the, the rooftop and they're in somewhere like New York city or Boston or something like that, some big city. And they are just locked down. It's in the midst of just everything being totally locked down. And what he does is he takes a drone and then he like puts a little message on there and he's like, Hey, would you like to go on a date? I've right? seen this video. Have yeah. You seen that video, right? Yeah. And, and so this guy goes through this whole process of asking this girl on a date. It's like, well, how are we supposed to do that? You know, he puts his number on there. So they kind of go back and forth, but then they do kind of like a, a virtual dinner together. You know, and then uh, and then he's like, well, you know, we're going to meet for the first time. But then this dude and I I know this is kind of like extreme, but I love it because the creativity and stuff, this guy blows up, you know, one of those those like Zor bubbles or whatever. And he (laughs) gets inside of it, like walks over it. And I'm telling you what, I don't know if it worked out between the two, but do you think either of them are ever going to forget that date? No, no, of course not. <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm telling you what, man, that was, that was classic. Cool. And too, it's like showing up on the news, you know, and this, you know, just an instant kind of fan favorite video, you know, uh, viral video. And, and that's, you know, sometimes we just look at what we don't have and, 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 you know, like you can get kind of stuck and thinking like, well, I really can't do anything or I can't do this or I can't do that. If, if the focus shifts to like, all right, what can I do right now? Yes, I, I'm in the, the doldrums, the, the day-to-day monotony, and I'm just sick and tired of it. Okay. Then, and I know it's hard too, because a lot of people are feeling down, they're, they're struggling, but, but any way that you could find it within you to try and provide yourself something, you know, within the context that, that you're working. Because again, some people, they can't leave their home, you know, they can't, they can't do, you know, much of anything. So what can you do to provide variety within the environment that you're in, you know? And uh, I was looking at an article just recently. It was talking about, you know, trying to do maybe something that's more long-term, 
like if you want to try and develop a skill or something like that, but something that really engages your brain, you know, like gets the, the brain juices going, you know, and uh, that sounds disgusting. I should never say that. <laughs> but, but, anyway, but, but if it's something that's really engaging to the brain and then, but also having something that's, that's more short term or, or, or choosing to do certain things that are more short term. So, so I'll give you an example probably the dumbest mistake ever, but I, I made it, I made my own wreath this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was not easy at all in the slightest. Okay. And I spent the better part of a day. And then by the time it was all said and done, I was like, all right, I wasn't very happy with the way that it turned out anyway. But, but even while I was doing it and I was like, you know, but it was just, it was an engaging thing and it was something that was different. And I've yeah. never done that before in my life, but I went, you know, Hey, why not? I'll just give it a shot. You know? And, and so it gave me some sort of variety. It gave me some sort of like, it's like a different look, you know? And, uh, and, and that was meaningful to me, even though it didn't turn out quite the way I wanted it to. And, and so just more, more and more that we can try and look to some of those things, the more and more, you know, we can provide ourselves some variety and, and change things up, you know, a little bit for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so c- kind of to close things out, um, you know, two kind of two last things. I mean, they're obviously the things that we can do for ourselves and that we should be doing for ourselves. Um, but last two questions is, you know, what are some ways people can seek support from other people? Um, and then similarly, you know, how can we support other people proactively? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one, I see this a lot, just if you don't express a need, you're not very likely to get it met. You know, that's just, just period. Weaky wheel gets the oil. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and, and I get the, the problem is those people think, well, well then I'm a problem or, or well, they're dealing with stuff too. So I don't want to put anything else on their plate. You know, you know, just ask, just ask, you know, reach out and, and ask for that help. And if that person can't help you, I, I told a client today, you know, that we're closing out from, from services. And one of the things they said is like, I like the social aspect. I like to be able to, to reach out to someone. And I said, well, you have my number, don't you? And he said, yeah. You know, now granted, sometimes you gotta be careful. Like you gotta have boundaries and things like that. But I said, Hey, you know, if you end up shoot me a text or something, you know, like here, there, every once in a while when you really need it and say, Hey, you know, do you have a minute to talk? And I said, if I have a minute to talk, I'll let you know. And we'll get that done. If I don't have a minute to talk right there, I'll make sure I find a minute where I can talk with you, you know, and we'll, we'll make sure that that happens, you know, but I made sure to tell him, it's like, I want you to ask anyway. I do not want you to think, Oh, well, he can't do that. Let me decide that. Right. Don't make the decision for someone else saying, oh, well, they can't do that right now. Or they got this going on, that going on. Let them make that decision, you know? Um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's just, just absolutely vital. Um, but then for someone who, who, you know, if you, you know someone who's really struggling and that kind of stuff, the other thing I'd say is don't wait, you know? Don't, those thoughts, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it, it's, you know, you just have a thought go and jump on that right away, you know, and, and, and don't leave it to someone else. You know, sometimes we think, well, in fact, I talked to somebody the other day that said, well, I feel like I might make things worse. If you come from a place of concern and and love and caring, it doesn't matter what you do. It's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be helpful. You know? Yeah. Sometimes just ask and say, well, what do you need? You know, or, or, or especially if you're the one that's struggling, 
I think sometimes telling someone, Hey, this would help me, you know, would you just sit with me? I don't want to talk to you about all the stuff I got going on right now, but I just need you to sit here with me and just be with me for a little bit. Absolutely. Your friend's going to know exactly yeah. what, you know, um, and, and then conversely is like asking, what can I do that will really help? Cause sometimes we jump into things and we start doing stuff and, and it might not be what that person needs. So making sure that we're, we're asking and like, what, what can I do right now? That's going to be most helpful to you. You know, and then if they can't come up with something, then pick at straws and try and do whatever, whatever you can think of. But if they're going to tell you something, you're going to, you're going to maximize your efforts and you're going to help your friend, you know, family member or whoever it is that much more, you know, um, and one, one last thought, uh, hopefully I answered that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that was yeah. great. <laughs> so, so the, the, the national suicide prevention lifeline, right. The, uh, the 801-273-TALK or 8255, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that I have an issue with is, is a lot of people think that that's, a, that's only for people that are feeling suicidal. That is not true, okay? And one of my biggest frustrations, they went to this, you know, it's, so it's, it is the Utah crisis line because you're going to get connected, you know, up in Salt Lake at uni and that kind of stuff. And then yeah. they'll patch you into, you know, wherever your area is. But people have this impression that it's suicide only. So if somebody's in a real crisis, but it's not necessarily related to suicide, then they're like, well, you know, I can't call that number. And I want to pull my hair out of my head, you know, because I'm talking to people. I'm going, no, this is this is for crisis. Right. right. So it's suicide, suicidality. It's, you know, uh, uh, if somebody you know, behaviorally is just just really, you know, like really struggling, um, you know, somebody feeling uh, uh you know, extraordinarily anxious and, and having an anxiety attack or those kind of things, that is a place that you can go and they can connect you with people that will actually be able to, to help you and help you work through the process. And then if you need something more than that, they can guide you through that process. Like, you know, sometimes it could be things that can be so severe that, that maybe it, it requires a hospitalization. I know here in Utah County, they could, they have actually, it's called MCOT. It's a, it's a mobile crisis team. They can actually go and, and see someone at their house, you know? And, yeah. and in one case, I, I was able to, to connect with them because I had a real concern about a client. And, and I think it saved that client's life. You know, um, you can't say That's for fantastic. certain what would have happened, but, yeah. but there was, it was a situation in which, you know, so, some things happened and, and there was, there was an attempt, you know, uh, um, you know, and, and they were able to go there and, and intervene and get them to the hospital and, and that type of stuff happened. And I can't, you know, I can't express enough that if there's a need, please use that number. Please reach out to that number. If you have a friend that you're concerned about, you can call that number. It doesn't have to be just if you're the one having the problem, if you're a parent or whatever else, you can use that number, you know, um, use it and abuse it as far as I'm concerned, you know. Um, so that's my other two cents. I'm, I'm trying really hard to throw that out there. If you look at my social media, I, you know, posted a big thing about it. Um, yeah. What's your, uh, Twitter handle? What's so, so I got to tell you ahead of time though. All right. So back in the day when I was younger, you know, I saw this hat one time and it said jinx J I N X. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I did my email address that it was like an old hotmail address i mean who even uses okay hotmail? okay yeah. i got it so so anyways I, I ran with that i was like because i got sick and tired of trying to find a unique name and so that was pretty unique so it's so it's jinx or j-i-n-x 532 and uh yeah so probably people think i'm pretty immature looking at that awesomeness but amen you know. 
Yeah, as long as people are cool with jazz content and BYU content, you know, like that, you know, hey, if you could tolerate that, there's some good mental health stuff there. <laughs> a good balance for anyone that's listening to this podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, hey, man. Well, it, uh, it's actually, that works really well for me because the jazz are, are a big reason for my mental health problems. So, <laughs> Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, all I need is a jazz win tonight. You know, today sucked at work. Just just come home and it's never, like, they explode or something. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We yeah, got Derek I, Favors back, though, and that's, that's really right. good for my mental oh, health. It, it really oh, hit yeah. me today oh, yeah. that I really need the NBA back. Like, I just like not having sports yeah. in the evening. I like I watch soccer and like a lot of the games I watch are in Europe and are in the morning. So yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I need something in the evening again. Hey, well, I'm, hey a, I'm a University of Utah alum, too. Oh, so, dear. you know, I got my undergrad there. So, like, <laughs> I, I follow the Utes, too, and I, I want them to do well. But, you know, BYU, they're, they're the ones that got my heart. So it's hard to see them struggle. I, well, I work well tomorrow's BYU. a big day. Uh, by the time this has already come out, BYU may or may not have beat Coastal Carolina. So oh, I sure hope so. I guess we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll just Eric, see the pride of Conway, South Carolinas might might just uh, take you down. <laughs> That's right. That's there right. There you go, baby. The Chanticleer, man. All I can <laughs> think of is that old movie, Rockadoodle, man. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I lived in the Carolinas, and I did not know Coastal Carolina had a football team. Yeah. I didn't know they did either. I didn't know Coastal Carolina existed. I actually I had like a friend who played baseball week. there, weirdly. They, they yeah. have a great baseball program. Yeah. <laughs> like every other like Carolina school, because that's like the only two things like Carolinas cares about for college is like basketball and baseball. I, I yeah. always joked with him that it was uh, it was a community college as well, just because I thought the acronym would be funny. But it was Coastal Carolina Community College, just a bunch of Cs. <laughs> C, anyway, C, yeah. C, C. Eric, hey, hey man, I thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, if you ever need something again, feel free to reach out to me. I love absolutely. It. You know, it's my passion, so I I have no problem. Cool, you know, talking about this stuff. So we really appreciate it, man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Have a good right. one. Yeah, you thank too. you so much, man. Take yeah. care.